Welcome to Cryptobiography. I'm your host, Brandon Starr. This is episode 344 of Cryptobiography, and I'm calling this one Internal Tattoos. And I did not get the writing done for tomorrow, but we are still going to work on that, and I should be back to it normal, uh, the normal story. Uh, it'll be part 16 of tomorrow. But anyway, so I need to explain what's going on, and that'll kind of lead us into what I actually want to talk about this week. So, I had my second colonoscopy this week, and it was originally, like, I had it a year and a half ago, like, was my first one. I actually did an episode about that one as well. I had some pretty big polyps on that one. They all got removed at the time without an issue, but some of them, a couple of them were pretty big. They were over two centimeters, and I think one was three centimeters, and... Um, so I had to have another one in roughly a year. Well, a year came and I was kind of led to believe that they were going, that the same, um, clinic was going to get a hold of me and set it up, but that didn't happen. So when I went into my doctor, uh, sometime around August, uh, and, you know, and, and mentioned this to him. Um, he managed, you know, to get he he had his office contact that clinic, and then they did get a hold of me. And of course, they're busy a couple months ahead of time. This is pretty common, um, especially you know post COVID. But I think just in general, this is kind of how how it happens. And so it was going to be in November. Well, in November, I did my trip, which was great. But I came back and I got COVID, and that meant they also had to put off that colonoscopy. And again, it had to be pushed out two months because they don't have any other appointments. So, <clears throat> so it happened in January. So there we go. Um, so what, what was going on is it was supposed to happen um, on Wednesday and we were going to get the uh, exact time of it on Monday. How That's how they do it. They set up your day ahead of time, at least for this clinic. I don't know how it works everywhere, but for this clinic, what they do is they, they set up your day ahead of time. And then they actually tell you the time, like just a couple days ahead of time. So there we go. On Monday, they called, they said, you know, it's going to be, which one was that one going to be? Cause it gets delayed. Anyway, it was going to be, that was going to be a really late appointment. Actually, it was gonna be like four o'clock. And which isn't great for me because you have to do like this prep, this colon prep, um, and it has to be a certain number of hours ahead of time and it's really awkward. So, but anyway, fine. You know, it was what it was. So I started doing the prep. The weather was really bad. Like it was really bad on Mondays, uh, even or on Monday and it was supposed to snow again Wednesday. It might or might not have, or it might have turned to rain, but, or it might not have snowed at all, but on Monday, there had already been snow. And this is that cold front that's been going across the whole U.S. Because it had already been cold for a couple of days, but it hadn't really snowed. But then on Monday, it had snowed. But when they called me with the appointment time on Wednesday, I even asked them, like, um, you know, what are the, you know, if it snows again, are you guys going to be open? And they 
she said, you know, we really try to stay open because we know that, you know, people need their appointments. We know that people do the, the colon prep ahead of time, which isn't fun. In fact, it's the worst part of that whole process, actually, because the, the procedure they do with you out. So you don't even really notice it. Uh, and, and afterward, there's no uncomfort or anything and you get to go home pretty much right away and you can start eating again normally like everything's great you know once <laughs> once you get that that knockout gas or whatever it is i think it's actually um i think it's through the iv that they actually knock you out maybe not though because they, they do put a mask on my ma mouth too so i'm not sure actually how the uh, anesthesia works but anyway <coughs> excuse me so it was set for wednesday they assured me that they try to stay, they do everything they can to stay open. And then, of course, Tuesday afternoon, they call, they say, or was it Tuesday or was it Monday or was it Wednesday morning? No, it was Tuesday afternoon. They called me and they said, yeah, we're, we're just not going to, we just won't be able to, to do it. So we're going to have to push it back a day. And, um, and so they set up a schedule, uh, another one for th either 3 or 4 p.m. I think it was 3 p.m. Again, not great because I'm, now I'm going to have, now I have to make a decision. So do I eat a little bit of food early, like, like right after they call me and then go back to liquid diet? But that means I'm going to have to do extra prep work, which means, you know, even more medicine, even more, you know, running to the restroom. Um, or do I just stick to a liquid, a clear liquid diet, which means like nothing but, you know, broth with nothing in it, um, Gatorade, water. Um, you can have jello and that's about it. Uh, and as long as the jello is not red or purple. And I decided to kind of minimize the extra prep. And so I just stuck to the liquid diet. And I don't know if it was the right decision or not. It worked, but it wasn't fun because by then I had already been doing a liquid diet for a day. And now I had to do a second day of just liquid diet. So just broth, jello, Gatorade, um, water that was basically it i could have fruit juice but you know with the jello and the and the gatorade i didn't want to have any more sugar so it you know it was really not a lot of fun doing you know clear liquids and nothing else for two days in a row and the extra prep because like i had done already i had already done all the prep by the time they called me and now it's like okay well now i have to now i have to do that you know now i have to do this extra prep so my wife had to go get um this, you know, extra laxative. It's a whole thing. I don't want to go into the gory details of that. Anyway, so next day happens and they actually bumped it up, fortunately. So instead of being in the afternoon, they actually bumped it to first thing in the morning. So I actually had to be there at six because it was a seven o'clock point. It was a seven o'clock colonoscopy, which means I check in at six. There's a little bit of, you know, paperwork. You go in, they strip you completely down. They have you stripped down completely rather no one's there when you're doing it you put all your stuff in a bag they lock the bag in a in a in a locked box they give you the key sort of and uh yeah and then you just wait for the doctor i could have had my phone with me but it's like i was really tired because i had to do the prep the special prep and that was only that had to do that a certain number of hours before and that because of the early appointment now instead of being like first thing in the morning it had to be like at 1 a.m. at night. I even pushed it earlier and I did it like right around midnight. 
um, hoping that I could, you know, hoping that the effects would, you know, go through and be done. And then I could go get and maybe get like three, four hours sleep. Well, I got like an hour sleep because it took a long time for everything to finish. Eek, gross. Anyway, so I was really tired. I didn't ask for my phone. I just lie there and almost fell asleep, actually, even though I had an IV in my arm and I was on a, you know, kind of an uncomfortable, uh, you know, uh, surgical bed basically because they actually put you on a bed that then gets rolled in and they actually do the, the thing on, right on the thing that you're lying on they never move you again once you're you know once you're naked and covered up with a warm blanket and they put an iv in your arm you know they're not going to move you to another bed you're in the bed they just roll the bed into the into the little office into the little clinic thing and so anyway so they knock me out i wake up turns out I, um, there were three small polyps, so not big, so that's good. And in only one year, so hmm, it's not great, but just three polyps, all very small. They took care of them, no problem. But, uh, and so, and the good news is, instead of after having to do it in one year, I can now wait three years. So, it's 2024, so I'm going to have to have another one in 2027. Now, it's not as good as the five years that most people can go if they if they have a completely clean one, but it's a heck of a lot better than having to do one every year. So, good. So, in three years, I do another one. So, um, but something they they mentioned that I that kind of perked up my ears, and that was the fact that they checked the old... Um, yeah, the old excise sites, you know, where the where the old polyps were based on the tattoos. And I that was something that I hadn't been aware of before. So apparently when they had taken out the, the polyps the first time, the big ones, uh at the I think there was there was like those two big ones that I mentioned. There was kind of a middle sized one, and then there were like three small ones like I had this time. For at least the probably the big two and maybe the biggest three, they actually not only did they excise them, but then they put a tattoo there, which is interesting to me because like, yes, it, it's so that they can know exactly where the old site was and they can check it out and make sure, you know, that it's, that there's nothing wrong with that area also. And, but it seemed really strange to me that I have a tattoo because I've never had a tattoo, never really wanted a tattoo. Um, you know, I, I was born in 1970, so in the 70s, when you see people when you see people with tattoos, you know they were like usually older people who had had them for a few decades, and they're all like their skin is stretched out, but also the the ink is all blurred and faded and ran kind of, and it always looked like shit. Like tattoos always looked like shit, especially back then. And over the years, I kind of saw how, like, clearly, like, the the technology was getting better. Probably the inks were getting better. Probably the tattoo needles were getting better and stuff like that. The artists were getting more clever and stuff like that. And, you know, there's probably, uh, there's probably, you know, at some point, some sort of tattoo that I would be willing to put on my body. But I'd be so paranoid about not liking the art because I'm very picky about art, like, uh, I either like or don't like art. And if I ended up with a tattoo that I didn't like, I would be very unhappy about it. So it's not likely that I'm ever going to do 
do that and have a tattoo. But as it turns out, I have tattoos. I just can't see them because they're in my colon. <laughs> but it's a, but that also brought up some interesting ideas for me because, like, first of all, like tattoos are normally a thing that, like, you know, they they you you are doing voluntarily. This was not voluntary. I had no idea they were even in there. Nor did they ask me. Nor did they warn me ahead of time. Hey, we might need to. We might need to put a tattoo inside your colon. Is that okay? Um, which I don't. I mean, it doesn't bother me, but it did make me think. Like there are, like religious people. I'm thinking specifically of Jewish people who are not allowed to have tattoos, and uh, does that count? <laughs> like, I. Would they get in? Would they get in trouble if their doctor puts a colon tattoo? You know, to to mark the spot. I, I don't know. I I'm assuming that because it's not on the exterior skin, and because it's medical, and because it's necessary, and because it's not really voluntary, it probably doesn't matter. But maybe it does. Maybe there's some extreme, extremely orthodox Jewish people who would really actually balk at that. I don't know. But it feels weird to actually have a tattoo and not like not have asked for it <laughs> and to know that I, yeah, I have a tattoo. I just, I can't show you where it is or at least you don't want me to. <laughs> so, but yeah, it made me, it just, and also made me think a lot about tattoos in general, like tattoos and interesting, like, even though I, I don't necessarily want one because of the art thing and like being very picky about art, I do understand the, I, you know, the, the appeal of maybe having, something that represents, you know, something close to you, something, you know, either a subject that you're very interested in or uh, represents a loved one or whatever. I get that. And yeah, and I guess, you know, but I, I guess that, you know, not all tattoos have to be sort of visible. Like you can, you can sort of hold an idea in, in a way that's almost as, you know, deep and permanent as a tattoo but just in your mind and and that can just be you know and you don't necessarily have to have it you know out on your skin and it can be internal um just not the way i got mine so anyway <laughs> anyway so that's internal tattoos and i it, as you could see the whole it got me thinking about a lot of things this week so i hope you enjoyed uh hearing this uh, so, be, you know, between the uh, colonoscopy being put off a day, which meant, you know, like I was fasting and feeling uh, under, you know, low energy earlier in the week and then middle of the week and then it got delayed. Um, but then afterward, because of the, um, not so much because of the colonoscopy, but because of the uh, the sleep schedule being so thrown off. Like I had literally spent two days in a row because the first day I had also had to start the the prep like really uh, late after midnight. And so I didn't get to bed until like 4 a.m. that night either. So I had two two nights in a row of like really funky, bad, low amounts of sleep. And getting, you know, getting back on track from that was really bad. And I just really didn't get any uh, writing done. I did a little bit, very tiny bit, but it's just not nearly enough to actually uh, do an episode. But I am, I'm feeling better today. I've had two days in a row of pretty good sleep and I'm starting to feel a little more normal today, which is great. So anyway, 
I uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. I will I, I will do everything in my power to get back to the, the writing. And I do expect it to actually uh, work this time because I don't have anything weird scheduled this week or anything like that. So cross your fingers, I guess, but we should be able to get going on this on the story. And we're, you know, we're sort of getting to some important and, you know, uh, we're sort of getting to some climax sort of parts of the story. So I'm really looking forward to that. If you have any comments or questions about this episode or previous episodes, cryptobiography at gmail.com or hit us up on Facebook or uh, Twitter or Mastodon. And thanks for listening. Words of Music Copyright 2024, Brandon Starr, All Rights Reserved. And characters and events don't uh, appear in this episode. It's just me. Thanks for listening.